Hello, everyone, and welcome to Magical Girl History Lessons, presented by Love and Justice, a serious Sailor Moon podcast. That's Kelby Lenormand. Hey, whoa, I'm a married lady. Oh, my God, that's right. I'm I've so, been married for two I'm years. So, I know, but you like... You were there. No, I know I was there, but like, to me, this is terrible, and you can get mad at me, but like, <laughs> Kelby Lenormand like rolls off the tongue in a really nice way. See, Not I that so Kelby disagree. McClellan is is like... Like, Kelby McClellan's a great name, yeah. but like, I, I also am a person that like, is literally never going to change my name, True. even if I get married. Well, that's because your last name is cooler than it my is. maiden name. My maiden name is lame. It is But it cool also, the like, the married name flows better if you add the middle name. Oh, Oh, Kelby Joe McClellan. See, yeah, it really it's does. Nice, it's nicer that Yeah, way. once you put it... Okay, so we'll, we'll try that again. I'm going to try that again. Okay, that's <laughs> Kelby Joe McClellan. Thank you. And I'm Emma Fife. And today, because <laughs> there's no new Sailor Moon content to talk about, Still. we are going to... Uh, be starting a new sort of series within the podcast where we discuss sort of the history of the magical girl genre. Uh, the idea for it kind of came from, and it was, I mean, it was Kelby's idea to do a like magical girl history panel at conventions yeah. because, you know, the first time that we were ever a, like panelists at a convention, we were there specifically to do the pod, the panel that's about what we do on the podcast where it mm-hmm. kind of covers all of the various iterations of Sailor Moon, yeah. which is, you know, what we like to do on this show typically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we figured since we're now, you know, going out and, and hopefully doing more conventions and need to have kind of a, a set of programming that we bring along with us, mm-hmm. we might as well get better at our magical girl <laughs> history. Not yeah. that our magical girl history panel is bad. It's good. No. It's just, we could always use more information yeah. and, you guys now get to share in that journey with us. Right. And yeah. it, it, this is going to go, you know, further in depth because we have the time. Exactly. Whereas, you know, the panel panel is an hour. Yeah, we're like, oh, this thing happened. It's kind of a crash course in Magical Girl. It this is, is a crash more in-depth. Exactly. Though I, I feel like now that we're, like, really getting into the in-depth information, we'll have lots of nice new tidbits to contribute to our 45-minute, two-hour-long panel about the history (laughs) of the magical girl genre. Or just about, you know, stuff that's for girls in In, Japanese manga in general, which is uh, kind of where we are starting today. Right. So Kelby is going to uh, be the educator first here. And Kelby, tell us what you're going to be talking about today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about what is considered like the very first, not really just magical girl, but kind of shoujo franchise in general. Because before this uh, particular work, uh, shoujo comics were like gag they were gag yeah. comics. They were all about yeah, like there weren't PSA uh, teaching yes. good behavior. I was to gonna girls say yeah, there wasn't stuff. there wasn't any like narrative. No, nothing long form printed manga like material that was specifically for young women. Right for that for that shojo sort of you know mm-hmm. seven to fifteen or whatever the age categorization right. is. Yeah, so this was the first. Of, it, of its kind, and it is Princess Knight. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Princess was, Knight. Yeah, also known as uh, Ribbon no Kishi. Ribbon, uh, Ribbon no, no, Kishi. no Kishi. Ribbon no Kishi. What the heck? Let, I, I feel like I should know what that means. I'm looking it up right now, I mean, guys. I'm sure it's maybe very, something to do with ribbons? Uh, Yeah, Ribbon no... Yeah, mm, I don't know. That's... Something like, that doesn't translate? Because, like, no, I must... No, it doesn't translate because, I mean, Hime is princess. Yeah, exactly. So... Ribbon no Kishi. What's Kishi? What the heck? Uh, listen, guys, this is a very professional podcast. I'm going to it <laughs> it's right fine. now. The only time I've ever heard the word Kishi is Claudia Kishi from from Babysitter's Club. Right. Uh, obviously, there there's something in the Bible that has to do with Kishi. What the heck? It's not okay. the same. Kishi meaning Japanese. Here we go. Night. Oh, so it's, Knight of Ribbons? But like, like Ribbon is, yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> listen, my entire understanding of the word Ribbon in Japanese is from uh, Sailor Saturn's attack, right. Death Ribbon Revolution. Right. So, so there's that. Oh, well. But yeah, fine. I think it is just Ribbon. So it's technically like Ribbon Knight, but Princess. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So uh, this this particular work is by Osamu Tezuka. Great. You might know him as the creator of a little thing called Astro Boy, yep. NBD, totally. Yeah, you know, Kimba the White Lion, yeah, whatever. He's maybe done like a couple of like things. A couple of things. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind he of might well be important to Japanese maybe. history. <laughs> <laughs> he might be like the father of all anime. Yeah, it's like not a big deal. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he created the series in the '50s. He was already popular because of Astro Boy and sure, Kimba the White sure. Lion, and so um, 
Shoujo Club, I believe it was a magazine at mm-hmm. the time, the editor asked him, like, would you want to create something similar to what you already do, right. but aimed at girls? Sure. And he was like, yeah, no, actually, I have a great idea. Because he saw a little something at the Takarazuka Review. Oh, snap! And decided to just make a comic that was basically just Takarazuka sure. in comic book that form. That is amazing. Yeah, it and makes like, total sense. The costumes make sense for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, 100 If you look at any of the characters. Um, Kelby, designs. what, in case anybody oh. doesn't know what Takarazuka Review is, you want to tell us? Yes. Well, so Takarazuka is a form of Japanese theater. Think reverse Shakespeare. So in Shakespeare's time, all the play, all the parts were played by men. In Takarazuka, all the parts are played by women. That is a really great way to explain yeah. it. It's like reverse Shakespeare. It is. Yeah, all the parts played by women. It's a really intense, like, I mean, like all Japanese theater, mm-hmm. it is a very intense sort of practice. Sure, like, you sure. go to school for that at a very young age, and your entire life is that art form. Yeah. Pretty much. That's 100% correct. Yeah. And if you are a fan of the new Sailor Muse that are that just concluded this year, or last, last year, year technically, technically now. Yeah. But it was like the last part of last right, year, right. so it's still But if you're a fan year. of those new Muse, that is Takarazuka. Yeah, yeah that is All it. All the parts. Yep. Lots of the people in it are actual, I mean, most of the actors in it are actual Takarazuka yeah, alums. Yeah, like came so. from the school and everything. Yeah, totally. Um, so... So he did. He decided to make a story. That's and so it, fantastic. Uh, it was serialized in Kodansha from 1953 to 1956. Uh, that's how old Kodansha I is, know. you guys. Which is cool because that is also where that Sailor Moon was exactly. <laughs> So it all comes, you know, around, kids. It does. Um, story-wise, <laughs> now on the surface, okay. this is the plot. Right, okay, okay, please tell me. On the surface, this is the plot. Uh, in this kingdom, this fictional kingdom, What's Very, the name of this kingdom? Does it have one, or is it just like magical really, kingdom? It doesn't question really tell mark. you the kingdom. It's Great. More, they describe it as a medieval European-like fairy tale setting. You know, and to be fair, basically none of the kingdoms that fairy tales take place in have names. It's true. There's just like they're, they're the far the away land. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kingdom of far, far away, which is is that Shrek? Shrek. That's yeah. Shrek. Yeah. That's but it was making it. fun of the fact that they right. don't have names. None of them have names. Yeah. Uh, so in this kingdom. <clears throat> the king and the queen have a baby. Great. But Uh-oh. it is a girl. <gasps> Girls can't inherit the throne. Oh, no. So, and they don't have any boy babies. And they don't have any boy babies. They just have one baby and it's just a Just the one. Or so, they have like six girl babies. <laughs> <laughs> just the one baby. Okay. And the, so the king declares to the whole kingdom, my son has been born. What the fuck? Very Rosa Versailles. So Rosa Versailles. Yeah. Uh, Man. So Except that like in Rosa Versailles, people know that Lady Oscar is a woman. They're like, whatever. She's just yeah, like a rad like, lady it's dude. Fine. Yeah. In this one, he is like trying to convince okay. everyone this is the prince. Right. And he will rule you in my stead. And the okay. reason that Got the it. king has to lie is because without an heir, the next in line is uh, the duke's son. I don't know why the duke isn't next in line. They don't really tell you why. Yeah. Well, well is the duke like the brother of the queen or something? They don't, really, something? Say. Like, uh, why they don't would really say. But the, why would duke's, the duke's son inherit I don't know, the throne? But the duke's son would be next in line, but because he is a child... If he took over the mm. throne, then the duke would be king. Oh, Regent, right, the evil duke would be, and king he's terrible. Regent. And the king is like, I just he'll really, ruin everything. Okay, I just really need to circle back to the duke's son it and like how real... he's possibly in the line of inheritance. I don't at know. All. Uh, <laughs> it feels to me like they just were like, oh, whatever. The duke is close by, and like he's got a kid, and right. I don't know. Whoever inherits the throne should probably be under the age of seven. I like, guess. what? And then also, the king's not dying either. But, so okay, and so, I don't think we're really so the king at is war like, with anyone. So the king is like, the duke is terrible. Yeah, and I hate him. But for whatever reason, <laughs> if I die, his, his son, kid is yeah. gonna inherit the throne. I'm like doing great. I'm in my prime. We're not I'm not really sick. At war. No one's at war. I'm definitely not dying. But I'm just preemptively but just in case, going to. I need say to not that... have that be the failsafe. Like okay. I so right. My daughter will now be raised as a boy. I mean, <laughs> so that sure. the throne stays in this family. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> fine. Totally fine. So uh, so they raise the princess mm-hmm. as a prince. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the duke and like his little minion dude, who I think is also some sort of royal named like Lord. It's spelled nylon. 
Um, Nyla. But in the dub that I watched. Everyone which are, in this is just named after articles of clothing <laughs> or, or materials that you make clothing out sure. of. So you got like nylon. Yeah. You got like, you know, uh, first lady polyester. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, la- lady satin. Sure, sure. Um, Duke Ultra Suede. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Duke Ultra Suede. <laughs> But um, Princess Sapphire is the okay. Princess Sapphire is the main. I, I didn't know that. Is the main girl. Um, but for some reason, like the Duke is like, nah, he's lying, and his little minion Nord, Lord uh, Nilon is what Nilon. Is, is that makes the, a lot yeah. more sense. But it's spelled Nylon. Okay. But Lord Nilon uh, are constantly trying to like. This is a very her. okay. But this is like a very common occurrence in Japan where it is a word. That is dumb and exists in English, but the way they pronounce it is so much cooler. It's so much nicer. Yeah, yeah. like demand. Right. It's yeah. like, and and it drives me crazy that in the viz dub they're like Prince Demand. I'm like, okay, it's no. Like, Come on, guys. It's French. It's supposed to be demand, as in to ask. Yeah. It's uh, get it together. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, so that's like the surface story. Right. That makes sense. Sure. That's easy to follow. Yeah. Okay. Underneath Please all of that. Please tell me the subplots. Um, well, no, like it's still the plot, okay. but it's much more complicated. Oh. Because there's also this um, little sidekick, because it's, you know, it's a girl show. Right, obviously. It's a magical mm-hmm. girl show, so right, there's so always a little sidekick. mascot guy. Sure. Named uh, Tink. Tink. Or, or Chinke. Uh, Chinke, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's basically an angel in training, trying okay. to earn his wings. So like Clarence in, in it's, it's Wonderful, Wonderful Life, Life. kind of yeah. <laughs> okay. And when Sapphire was born, he gave her. It is described as a boy heart, as oh. well as a girl heart. I'm thinking soul. Sure. Okay. So she's two souls in, in one, body, one body, so to so to speak. Okay. I'm so she's like kind of also really a boy in her heart. So, mm? Okay. Qu- question mark too. And so God, she's a time lord, actual God, oh my God. is like. Yo, what did you do? You messed up. You got to go fix that. So Tink has to go back to Earth and is just hanging out with um with Sapphire being like, "Can I get that boy spirit back?" Oh. And she's like, and she's like, "No, but I need it because Right, I this need, is how I save right, my kingdom. Exactly, because I need hearts. to be a boy because that's what my dad told everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but also because of her boy heart, quote unquote, mm-hmm. she can ride horses, she can sword fight, she can. I'm sorry, if she didn't have the boy heart, she couldn't do that. I don't know. Slightly that, problematic, that's a, right? And, right. A, and a lot of people have stated that. Yeah, that, that is they a problematic have that aspect of it, of for it. sure. So that's. And it just gets more and more bad shit when you go down what? the line. Yeah, and like, like at the end, God mm-hmm. like shows up, kind of. I, and like, listen, I did not realize that there was so much Christianity involved in this fairy <laughs> me tale. Either. But yeah, so God like shows up at the big battle and is like, "Oh hell no, no bad guys." And then uh, Tink like dies, but then doesn't die and like makes a sacrifice, like makes a wish on his dying breath that right. good things happen for Princess Sapphire and therefore he earns his wings. That way it gets real convoluted. Okay, so I would he love to is read an it. angel who yes. is in theory already a dead person. Because yeah. if that's what an angel is. Or maybe it's is. a maybe it's a translation thing and he's mm. like a fairy. Mm. Right, because God is God. well known for his friendship with fairies. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, so I would I'm, love to read it. I yeah, looked up and down for scanlations yeah, on the internet, really and I couldn't find any. Right. But So that's the plot. The plot. Okay. Now, this did actually get localization yeah, in the U.S. Be, yeah. It, well, it, so it became an anime in the late 60s, and yes. it was dubbed in English in the 70s. Oh, boy. And they renamed it Choppy and the Princess. So they renamed Tink Choppy. That's so interesting. I mean, you'd have to rename him because everybody thinks Tink, Tinkerbell. Yeah, And Disney okay. would flip. Yeah, Disney would flip. That's so fair. So I understand that the name change there. That is fair. Uh, I found... Wait, Choppy, like Chop Chop? Or yeah, like yeah. Chappy, like C-H-A... No, C-H-O-P-P-Y. Interesting. Like Chop Chop. Okay. Uh, I found the first episode. Oh. The whole yeah. thing is apparently on Crunchyroll, dubbed. It's all on Crunchyroll. Wait, the dub is on Crunchyroll? Yeah. The English dub is all on Crunchyroll. Yes, oh my god! It's also I bet, all on YouTube. I bet it's on Funimation also. Yeah, it's all on YouTube as well, and that's where I watched it. And um, if I had seen this as a child, I would have thought that my parents had slipped me something. 
because it's you know it's that old school English dubbing where everybody's talking real fast, like sure, speed sure, racer. yeah, yeah, and um, right where instead of writing and instead of taking a look at the mouth flaps right. and writing an ADR script based on that. Right. They literally just took the translation from Japanese and, and talked as fast as they possibly there. could to yeah. fit it in. Or if it didn't fit, they just stopped talking and the mouths kept moving. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, oh boy. Oh, old, old dubs dubbing. are The kids don't know how something. good they have it now. They are something to be seen. They really are. Uh, Damn. Yeah. So it was. it's a very interesting... It's like maybe 60 episodes long. It's a long one. Okay. Uh, and the voices, especially for um, Princess Sapphire, are right. It, it's uh, it's like Snow White, like Disney Snow White level irritating. Mm. But it's cute and it was fun. I mean, it's batshit, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I the dub of that show, it's kind of like legendary Speed Racer terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. It's, it's uh, all available online. What network did it air on in the U.S.? You know Do we even what? know? It was probably on like some UPN networks or I whatever. Like... I don't know how long UPN's been around for. Right. It was. The I'm probably just making 70s. that up. Let's see here. Princess. No wait. Choppy and the Princess. They didn't call it Princess Knight. No, they called it Choppy and the Princess. Um, that's was... that's some card captor shit right Isn't there. It? That is. They're like. Let me make sure that you all know that there is a boy character right. that is a main was, character. There already this. was a boy character because her love interest slash rival is a prince from a different kingdom named oh. Prince Franz, which they called him Prince Franz. Frank. Prince Frank. <laughs> oh my God. What? Yeah. They were like, you know what? Americans cannot right. handle a sophisticated name like Franz. Franz. So Too German sounding. Frank. Too, what? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting though because, um, uh, and this is the part that I like of the okay. story is that the uh, that uh prince princess mm-hmm. sapphire whatever right, right to deal with all of this turmoil in her kingdom because bad guys are just rampant for some reason apparently they really have a problem with this apparently in this so she kingdom. becomes kind of this like superhero at night kind of oh. zoro zoro-esque which is called i believe the phantom knight oh okay cool so, so she, yeah it's on. like a masked vigilante yeah and like fences thing. and stuff oh. Very oh, Zoro. Cool. So and she's like double hiding her identity yeah. because she's pretending to be a boy. Yes. And then, but then pretends also not- puts on a mask at night. Yeah. And, and fights crime. Vigilante justice yeah. all around. But also oh, dang. dresses as a princess sometimes with blonde hair. Oh and she wears prince- a blonde wig when she's a princess, or is the or is like the short brown no. hair supposed to be a wig? No, situation. the brown hair is her hair. That's her she hair. She wears okay. a blonde wig, but okay. she's the princess. And so Prince Franz is in oh, love, in love with, with the princess. princess. Oh. And I think believes that the oh. prince is her brother, okay. but hates the Phantom Knight oh, because he's God. like, you're my rival for the princess. Okay. Now I'm 100% sold right? on this. Right? Like that I'm into. <laughs> yeah. Like I got real thrown off by the fa- by the angel slash fairy uh, I love, dual I, heart I stuff. love a good like double cross-dressing story mm-hmm. where the girl character as a boy falls in love yeah. with another guy right. who then in turn falls in love with her female counterpart right. but also like is hates weirdly... the male counterpart but is right, also, but into, also it. into it yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. it's oh, very it's so 12th good. Night. oh i love it's that it's very 12th okay night. i'm in now <laughs> i wasn't so sure when you're like god comes down at the end of it and Kinda. just fucking like, strikes light, like strikes somebody with lightning <laughs> like literally um it aired in australia in the 70s okay yeah so it was mostly an australia uk uh okay okay but do they have british accents on the show or yes and no okay they're like mid-atlantic it depends on which character is talking Ah, okay so um yeah it's it's super super weird uh it also has musicals oh of course it does obviously um so i found I was looking for it because there was a recent musical that came out in 2015. Okay. Uh, which starred um, two girl idols. I forget mm. what band they were from. And then a bunch of, like, all the male cast is from the Prince of Tennis musical. Uh, that's amazing. If you remember Prince of Tennis. And was this a, and this is a a, a musical that has men and women in it. Yeah. Oddly enough, no Takarazuka style. Because I feel like it this, should. like, I feel like Takarazuka Review should write a musical for this. I agree. Like, so when I was looking to try and find clips of that 2015, I found that there was actually one in 2006. Oh. And there are clips of that on YouTube starring all of Morning Musume. 
Oh. Do you remember Morning Musume, that girl band? Vaguely. Like, all of them are in it. They're just randomly in a musical. All yeah, together. The opening is on, the opening is on YouTube. It's very Saturday's Warrior, where, like, the souls okay. are hanging out in heaven. Talking got about it, got it. being born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, are they going to be boys? Are they going to be girls? Oh, God. I, Saturday's Warrior is just, like, coming back to my brain right now. Yeah. Oh, for those man. of you who... who don't know or have had or who have heard us reference it before saturday's warrior is a very strange mormon stage musical it's real weird about like souls meeting in heaven and then meeting on earth and and yeah it's interesting yeah um it's, it's a time but it's so it starts like that and god is actually a physical person it's not just like a disembodied idea no like in the play god comes out and has a and musical is like, hey, number. What's up? I'm God. Yeah. Does he like at least come out on like a cloud or I something? I mean, the, the heaven set is a giant staircase. Okay, lit up. All right, with like theater bulbs sure. on each sure. stair, yep. and he's wearing white satin robes and has a beard. Okay. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a big step for Japan. They have like a thing about facial hair. So yeah, yeah. They put a beard on this one. I couldn't tell if I don't think this one was Takarazuka because I was looking trying to figure out yeah. if it was and it never said. I'm pretty like, sure it was. I wasn't. feel like maybe we should get a new musical of this that is that is for sure only ladies. Yeah, and they can maybe uh, retcon some of the problematic stuff. I agree. Because some of the plot lines in this sound great to me. Mm-hmm. For example, the love quadrangle we just talked about. Right. Like, I'm into that. I'm still not sure why the Duke's son is next in line. Me, me, me but if he is, like, into her, yeah. like, I'm into it. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. But, um, yeah, the Princess Knight musical from 2006 was actually mm. called Ribbon no Kishi, the musical. Oh, okay. So, Ribbon no Kishi za Miyujikaru. Great, of course. And uh, yeah, all the morning Musume are in it. Um, it's there's only three acts that I could find on YouTube, but I'm mm. sure there's more of it there. Yeah, I'm sure but there the, are. I would love to see the 2015 version. Um, yeah, man. Because the costumes are amazing in that one. Oh, I bet. And it's uh, it deviate the plot as villain wise deviates a lot from the manga, but they are villains that were from the manga. Oh, okay. They're just like the more like. B villains, secondary villains, yeah. right? But it's cool because like one of them because is a maybe lady. because maybe they looked at the plot of this and went, "This makes no fucking sense <laughs> that the Duke's son is next in line right? for the throne." So, <laughs> so I'd be really interested to see that. Yeah, um, that is very interesting. And also in the 2015 version, mm-hmm. uh, the part of Tink is played by Irie Kanda. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Chibiusa so awesome. From, yeah. I love her. I thought that was really cool. Aww. So she plays the Tink character. That's so cute. Yeah. I would watch the hell out I of I would that. totally watch that, but I couldn't Aww. find any clips of it. But love so, Heidi Kanda. So if you've been able to follow this very strange premise <laughs> uh, and all of this information, um, you can obviously see where the influences mm. for other things came from. Like because of this, we got... Sure. Rose, Rose of Versailles. Oh, I mean, th- which very, led to Utena. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say that this, even though, I mean, even though technically nobody has magical powers in right. this, there's still a magical element aspect, of yeah. it, of course. And you do have the sort of like hiding your identity mm-hmm. sort of situation, the or, superhero uh, bit. Yeah, there's yeah. there's definitely the superhero aspect of it, and it, and also it sounds like you know. She has a, a mascot sidekick character. Yeah. Um. And, and again, it's like you had this, and then this certainly led to stuff like Rosa Versailles, and then we got Utena, which yeah. Utena does more thoroughly embrace kind of the magical aspect of it. Yeah. Well, and Utena also, I think, embraces the more um, just gender identity. Yes, they do. That's the thing is that, that like this is thing. they're like this is a this. Could be about gender identity, yeah. but it's a little but early. It, yeah, it's a little, it was a little too early. And a lot of people want to criticize it as being kind of misogynistic. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe yes and no. If you're looking at it under a modern day scope, I mm-hmm. can see how you'd feel that way. Of course, but because I feel it's like, like she can't do anything without, without the her heart of a boy. But the fact that she is a girl who is kind of identifying as a boy right and is like fully embracing sure that yeah. aspect like that's pretty revolutionary for the 50s that is pretty cool for the 50s yeah so especially japan in the 50s yeah i can't you know 
That's oh, a pretty conservative oh, time. Oh, very conservative time. So, I mean, conservative time anywhere, but I, I totally agree with you. Like, particularly in Japan, you have to look at some of these things and go, wow, this was yeah, – it, it was a product step. of its time, but it was a big step. I mean, for me, it's like you even look at something uh, a bit later, like Go Lion, which is Voltron oh, yeah. in the U.S., and obviously the way that they treat uh, Princess Fala, Princess Allura – is a little bit problematic from the point of view that, you know, when she first starts piloting the lion, I think there's an episode where they straight up, like, tie her up and are like, no, you can't come fight with us. Yeah. And that's all, that all sucks. But ultimately, the decision was made to kill off a male character. Spoilers, guys. Yeah. Shiro in Go Lion fucking dies. Sven <laughs> goes to space hospital forever after. But but Shiro Gane actually dies. Yeah. Um, uh, Sven, they named him Sven. Sven, yeah, Takeshi Shirogane became I'm really glad they Sven. changed it back to Shiro for this yeah, new iteration. They had to. They, they just really had to, though. They did have a Sven cameo, which was glorious. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, um, uh, it, yeah, it, the way that they treat her is a little, like, mm, and some of the stuff with Lotor and her is like, okay. But... Ultimately, again, they still made the decision to kill off a male character who was actively participating in this battle, was part of this superhero team, and replace him with a woman. So, yeah. so that was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal to me as a kid. Right. Historical context is is always important yeah. when it comes to, to this kind of yeah. stuff. Absolutely. So Princess Knight. Yeah, Princess Knight. Thanks to Princess Knight, we got this. And also Sailor Moon, we wouldn't have Sailor Uranus. Yeah, I, character I mean, like that's this. the thing is, I, I I mean, this is the series that introduced us to that concept, mm -hmm. at least within the context of Japanese storytelling, to yeah. that concept of the, like... Masculine feminine? Yeah, yeah. masculine feminine. I, yeah. lo I loved it. Yeah. I would love to read it. I think the, it did get translated into English. Okay. Uh, and there's, like, it's got, like, four serializations. Interesting. Um, Can you... Buy the I was gonna. Anyway? I was gonna look. Yeah, because Kodansha's pretty good about. They are. That's what makes me think that it, it, that it probably does exist in a format. Yeah, that you can and there was a newer like they translated it and published it in English. Mm -hmm. Kodansha did in two thousand and one. Oh, okay. There you go. So it's a like a you know a, there's a an updated version. Yeah, yeah. I'm, then, I'm sure that if some somebody in the states has the rights to that, that it yeah, exists. Yeah, and then there was an even newer version by Vertical in 2011. Oh, okay. Very so cool. I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah. I just have to go digging for it. I would yeah. love to read it. Maybe the yeah. dual heart mm -hmm. thing would make more sense if I actually got to read yeah, it. Yeah, instead of hearing a strange <laughs> dub and you're distracted by how quickly they're talking. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of things that are uh, accessible, uh, the series I'm talking about weirdly isn't. Oh. There's almost no way to watch it because it was never released in the U.S. at all. Oh. No U.S. localization, no translation of the manga, hmm. uh, no airing on U.S. television, which is incredibly bizarre because it's such a popular series. Uh, right. So the series I am covering today is Sally the Witch, a.k.a. Mahosukai Sally. Uh, it's not the first Magical Girl manga. Right. Uh, while Princess Knight obviously has some elements of Magical Girl, largely the very first Magical Girl manga is considered to be Himitsu no Akuchan. Um, uh, Akko-chan, Akko, like like Akko in, like Akko in from Little Witch my, Academia. Yeah, Little Witch Academia, exactly. Um, which was Were you published. Say my Witch Academia. My Witch. I was starting to say there's My Hero Academia. There's a lot of there's so many academias right out there, y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Himitsu no Akko-chan, which was published in 1962. Uh, but this was the very first magical girl anime. It was uh, it the manga the manga itself. Uh, Maho Tsukai Sunny. She had her name changed. It okay. was Sunny in the manga, and then it became, or Sunny, just depending on how you translate right. it. And then she became Sally for the Sally. series. Um, for the uh, anime series, she became for Sally. For the anime series, she okay. became Sally. Yeah, yeah. The the manga, her name was originally Sunny. The Sunny thing comes back into play a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, but the manga that the anime series was based on was published in 1966. So it was actually four years later than Himitsu no Akko-chan. Uh, however, uh, the anime of Sally the Witch also debuted in 1966. So basically this manga was being written and they were like, this is great. Let's make an anime series out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it is definitely the first magical girl anime, if not possibly the very first shoujo anime ever. Mm. 
it was one, and it was one of the first long. Even though Princess Night, this this debuted before Princess Night. Did the Princess re- Night anime oh, didn't happen till later. You're right, sixty six. Yep. Wow. Yep, because Princess Night didn't start as an anime until what sixty nine. Or uh, I 68 think, or 69. I thought, I thought 66 yes. was when it premiered. I think it's 68 or 69. Oh, my, yeah. yeah. I just wrote late 60s. Yeah. Yeah, but. it was definitely later. Wow. Oh, yep. and this isn't black and white. It started in black and white. That's yeah, so uh, yeah. So this started in, uh, yeah, Princess Night started in 67, so it predates wow. that. Uh, yeah, the first 17 episodes are in black and white. Wow. Yep. Yep, it's pretty crazy. Now, part of the reason that this was able to get an anime series made out of it so quickly uh, is because the manga that it is based on is uh, written by Mitsuteru Yokohama, who also wrote Giant Robo and Tetsujin 28 Go. So in addition to creating the magical girl genre as far as anime is concerned, he also created the mecha mecha genre. genre. Wow, Um, two of my favorite genres. Yeah, yeah. And so again, uh, so Sally appears in Giant Robo as Sonny the Magician. That's funny. Because the the word uh, Mahotsukai, it it can translate lots of different ways. It can mean witch, magician, sorcerer, mage, magic. It's like mm. sort of the blanket term for any magical kind folk. of magical folk. Exactly. Cool. Um, yeah. So again, she she uh, uh, Sally does show up in Giant Robo. That's so uh, funny. Yeah. Now, his inspiration for this series uh, was the American sitcom Bewitched. Ha! <laughs> Yes, uh, aka That's awesome. Okusama wa mo- majo, which is just the miss is a witch. Majo is another kind of blanket thing, though. Yeah. As far as I can tell, majo is really specifically used for women. So, okay. like witch, enchantress, sorceress, all of that would be under the the term umbrella. majo, under the umbrella of majo. Uh, but <laughs> instead funny. of the show being, you know, super feminist and confronting issues of racism, like Bewitched does. This is just about a little girl who's secretly a witch and uses her magic to help solve her friend's problems. Great. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it was animated by Toei. Of course it Who was. Who else? Uh, the first 17 episodes, as I said, are in black and white. After that, it's all in color, making it a, another first one of the very first color anime series huh. as well. Uh, See it, how it all comes around, It kids? does. Kodansha, Toei. Yep. Big all players. All in just circle. Yeah. Always. Full circle. Yep. Uh, it is 109 episodes that wow. aired between December of 1966 and December of 1968. And then there was a sequel series called Sally the Witch 2, which was 88 episodes long and aired between October of 1989 and September of 1991. Whoa. Now, I want to put this in perspective for you a little bit, because yeah. as we get deeper into kind of some of the story stuff in Sally the Witch, you'll start seeing the similarities between the two. The parallels. Okay, so... Sally Witch, animated by Toei. Sequel, Sally Witch 2, also animated by Toei. Mostly, uh, a lot of the original voice cast came back to do it. Uh, So it stopped airing in September of 1991. What started airing in March of 1992? Sailor Moon. Exactly. Oh, snap. So I think that... Sally the Witch 2 was a big influence on why they wanted to do more Magical Girl series because Mm -hmm. with Sally, they weren't so concerned about merchandising and stuff when the first Sally the Witch happened because this was kind of before the, uh, before uh, like cute wands and transformation brooches being yeah. sort of synonymous with magical girls. But in Sally the Witch 2, they kind of added some of that stuff uh, in. Well, because Creamy Mommy Angel had, exactly, had, happened had already by this happened. Point. Yes, yep. yes. Um, it was, had way happened by this yeah. point. So I feel like the fact that they were having a lot of success with Sally the Witch 2 is part of the reason why they were so keen to do another magical girl series and approach Nako Takeuchi about Sailor Moon. I mean, I can't confirm, but it's just a... But, I mean, that's, that's a little... I feel like that is logical that speculation. Up, I think so. It's not wild speculation. No. Uh, there's also a TV special uh, called Sally the Witch, Mother's Love is Eternal, which was the finale to the second season of Sally the Witch. Mm-hmm. Is that Two. like... Is that the, that's the film? That's a... Yeah, it's like a 30-minute TV special. Right. That's That says anime film. It's really just a little TV special. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah not, it's only... It says 27 minutes long on that runtime. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> it's definitely not a... Uh, Sailor Moon uh, R situation. Right, right. It's not a Sailor Moon R situation. It didn't get a theatrical lease, release like the Sailor Moon films did. Okay. okay so let me tell you about yes. Sally. All right. So mm-hmm. Sally is the princess of the Magic Kingdom. It's the, called Astoria. So Disney World? 
No, uh, no, story. it's called Astoria. So you know that part of Queens. In New York. <laughs> I was like, this is a town. That's a town. Uh, no, it's a magical kingdom called Astoria. That's right. Uh, who wants to visit the mortal realm? As far as anybody can tell, so she can make friends with people who are her own age. There are no children in Astoria. I don't know. They okay. they don't seem to show any anyway. All right. Um. So she accidentally transports to mid-realm, a.k.a. Earth. The way I see this is I feel like it's kind of uh, Thor, like in Thor. Thor. Like yeah. Asgard rules of like, Asgard is not the magical plane of the gods. Asgard is a planet. Right. It's, so I'm sort of under the impression that Astoria is like its own planet. So it's like, it's it's like uh, Asgard meets Themyscira. There, it's, sure, it's, it's 100%. It, there are no children Totally. Here. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Nailed okay. it. Great. Um, and, uh, and when she arrives on Earth... Uh, she immediately saves a couple of schoolgirls from some menacing burglars. So she, like, gets some friends right off the bat. Well, you save somebody's life. Yeah. It's instant friendship. Well, and it's so funny, too, because she, like, saves these girls' lives and then invites them over to her house. But she doesn't know how to have a house. Like, she doesn't know, like, what's in a human being's oh. house. So they just come over to this big empty house that has no furniture. And they, like, say something about it. Yeah. And then they go away. And because, of course, she's, like, trying to hide the fact that she has magical powers. Right. They leave. And she, like, just starts magically, like, making all this furniture in her house. But the girls see it through the window. They see her making the furniture. Yeah, but they don't see her doing it. They just oh. see, like, furniture appearing. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's something. Uh, but the two girls are her, like, two main bros who are ladies uh and they are uh yoshiko hanamura aka yotchan who is a tomboy with braids and little circles with dots for eyes oh yeah i'm looking <laughs> at the i'm looking at the screen cap on yeah. here right now yo-chan. that's how they animated her yeah that's, that's how they animated her well she looks in they they sort of normalize the animation in the, in the, in color the 89 later series that's, no not in the color oh, version no yet. she still looks like this yeah okay. in the 60s in the 60s that's what she looks in like in the 80s she gets in an the 80s yeah in the 80s she gets because she looks like she came out of a steamboat willy cartoon she really does well there's a lot of things in this that look like very hanna-barbera mm. or or early disney um and then the other friend is uh sumire kasugano who's a beautiful wealthy onesan <laughs> uh and her her beauty is something that comes into play at, in the the second series, the Sally Witch Two. Again, at that point, a lot of other magical girl series had happened, so it kind of adopts more stuff okay. from other magical girl series. So yeah. overall, that one feels more like what we would know now as a magical girl series, whereas here it just kind of introduced some of those concepts, but didn't really necessarily go too deep with them. Gotcha. Uh, she also has a shape-shifting magical assistant named Kabu. I mean, you uh, gotta have the mascot. Who uh, mostly takes on the shape of a little boy. Actually, as far as I can tell, never is anything but a little boy and is confirmed to actually be a little boy in Sally the Witch 2. Oh, like uh, a human boy? Uh, no, no, no. He's, oh. a, he's a magical boy. In in Sally the Witch too. Yeah, he's like from the Magic Kingdom. Also, oh, there was a no- there's like another magical family that he and this other little witch, who I'll talk about in a second, come okay. from. Uh, Yotchan also has triplet brothers who are always up to no good. Of course, they their are. names are Tonchiki, Chimpe, and Kanta, and all of them are voiced by motherfucking Masako Nozawa. Do you know who that is? Remind me. Uh, freaking Goku. Shut up. Yes. Just, yes. <laughs> this is, as far as I can tell, like, she worked on other stuff yeah. in the 60s, but this was one of her first sort of, like, major supporting roles. That's We're playing so these funny. little asshole triplets. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. Though, overall, the series, as I was saying, it's very Hanna-Barbera. Like, if you watch the opening sequence of the show, there's basically a scene straight out of Tom and Jerry. Like, there's literally, like, a Tom and Jerry chase with a cat that looks just like Tom and a mouse that looks just like Jerry. Uh, And it's mostly that kind of, you know, slapstick humor, problem of the week, sort of, oh, Mm -hmm. here's this weird mundane Earth problem that we're going to solve with magic. Uh, But there are some deeper storylines in it, like uh, Yotchan's dad is a widow. Like, Yotchan's mom is, is dead, uh, and her dad is widowed, and so he, but he struggles to like take care of his four kids, and he works like really weird hours as a taxi driver. Aww. But he really loves them and wants to be there for them. It's really kind of cute. That's really sweet. Um, and then Sumide, her family, her parents really dote on her and they love her, but they don't 
always really connect with her. So it was talking, it was like lessons about how adults don't always quite understand your feelings, but oh, like they still love you. Damn. Yeah. There's some, there's That's some, real deep for really some show. deep stuff in, in, uh, in Sally the Witch. Uh, and again, they definitely, it's definitely a lot like deeper and more emotional in Sally the Witch too. Cause again, it's like 1989. Right. We've, we've perfected the formula. Right. By this Here point. at this point, we are, we're just experimenting with doing stories for girls at all. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was pretty advanced for the time. Um, so basically Sally, the witch two uh, picks up a couple years after the first series ends. Okay. So throughout the series, Sally is, <clears throat> it, there's the whole sort of secret identity thing. Um, but it's not really secret identity. It literally is just like bewitched. It's like, yeah. I'm a witch, but I'm going to like hide my powers. Right. Uh, and, um, so she doesn't ever tell anybody about her powers. In fact, she's so good, apparently, though, as far as I can tell, she's pretty blatant about using her magic, <laughs> uh, at keeping her powers a secret, or at least keeping it a secret that she's the one who's causing magical things to happen. Mm -hmm. That in the end of the first series, when she is trying, when she decides that it's time to come clean and tell her friends that she's a witch, they don't believe her. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, Clark, like nobody. Clark, Clark Kent, you're not you're Superman. You're not Superman, Clark Kent. What, whatever, Bruce Wayne. You're just like a weird drunk party right. boy. Also, yeah. you, you hate bats. Yeah. <laughs> um. So literally nobody believes her. But then their elementary school fucking catches on fire and she uses her magic to, to save, the, save school, the school. And now everybody knows she's a witch and they believe her. Great. Uh, and then she comes back a few years later and like reconnects with her bros. And that's where Sally, Sally the, the Witch 2, two starts. starts. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Again, way more magical girl uh, with her actually confronting like magical monsters. And there's an evil magical girl named Karen Ooh. and uh, who's like the daughter Karen, of. Karen, her, her name is. Karen. Karen. That's another thing. It's like those, those like fun, yeah. better ways of saying names. But it's really fun when you're like, whatever, your magic is bullshit, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, she's the, she's like the daughter of a, a rival of her dad. Oh, oh my God. My it's, God. it's so more, so, so much she's more Draco Malfoy. Yeah, she's totally Draco Malfoy. Great. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and again, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, they actually do in this series give her a magic wand mm -hmm. uh, which you could absolutely buy toys of you can find of the, the ads for the toys Fantastic. Uh, and the wand that she uses though looks a lot like the wands from Little Witch Academia oh. like it has that little oh, like little fork. forky thing on yeah. the end yeah oh, that's, yeah it's not quite wand. the same but I uh, but I feel like th it was definitely an inspiration yeah either that or in Japan they for whatever reason think there's a fork at the end of a wand, or gem on the end of your wand. Sure, but yeah, I, I mean, it looks like a it looks like a witch wand, not like a Sailor Moon kind of wand. Right. Um. Yeah. And uh, da 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 da. Uh. But yeah, the the only thing though about this wand, which again, obviously, was meant to sell toys, is that in the original series, as again, kind of an homage to that bewitched thing a lot of the time to do magic all she had to do was like wink <laughs> so it seems like maybe she got less powerful but you can also kind of justify the wand because the plot in this is that she now is returning to earth to like learn about herself as a person and develop her powers so that she like can take over being queen of the universe sure. someday why not? Yeah. I mean, Queen of the Magical Realms, but Queen of the Universe, same thing. Uh, there's also some new characters that show up later in the original series and weren't in the manga and are utilized way, way more in Sally the Witch 2, uh, like Poran. Uh, Poran is cute AF. She's got yeah. Odongo. She's not great at being a witch, but she's, like, real cute. Oh, she's like Neville Longbottom. Yeah, yeah, but... But, but, but cute right away. But cute right away yeah. and just, like, kind of... Precious, selfish, does dumb things, but in, but endearing, not like mm -hmm. mean selfish. Right. Um, and her seiyu, uh, Fuyumi Shiraishi, uh, actually did the voice of Sunny the Magician in the Giant Robo OVA in 1992. <laughs> so nice. just keeping it all in the family, you sure. know? Oh, I'm, uh, look, I'm looking up pictures. Oh my God, she's so cute. Super cute. You guys need to Google Poran because she's, she's so like the cute. cutest freaking thing. She reminds uh, me of that Chibi TV from Movement Final. Oh, so cute. Yeah, I, I watched one episode i listen guys because again this never was released in the u.s it's not like you can find a good 
uh, like rip of it on YouTube or yeah. anything that someone's illegally uploaded with a weird dub because the weird dub didn't Never exist. Exists. Not in English anyway. We'll get into all the other countries where Sally Witch <laughs> is popular uh, right. in a little bit here. Um, but uh, but I did manage to find one episode of the 89-90 series on French YouTube Daily Motion uh, with <laughs> awful sound quality oh, no. but I, and it, it I don't know that it was really a full episode it was like bits and pieces of an episode hobbled together but there was a lot of put on in it and she's real cute uh obviously some of the uh magical girl tropes that we know and love today are introduced in Sally the Witch uh as far as anime goes young girl magical powers that she uses but is attempting to hide cute mascot sidekick character though they're both people in this she has a cat sometimes yeah just because she's a witch i don't know if the cat has a name or anything probably does but it's <laughs> inconsequential but the main thing actually that this introduced us to as far as magical girl tropes goes is the princess from another planet oh yes uh, yes you're right so uh, and and not only that once we get into sally the witch too there's also that idea of the cosmic destiny uh, where she has to, you know, train to become the queen of the of the magical realm, the mm. universe, everything and and like learn from humanity and do that separately from like the comfort of her own magical home. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, the idea that love and compassion are the greatest power of all. Uh, there's a storyline in Sally the Witch 2 where a sorceress. Uh, a very vain sorceress once put Sally's mom in an enchanted sleep because Sally's mom is obviously the most beautiful woman in all of existence. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, she's a very – apparently she's, like, always knitting, too. <laughs> she's always seemed to be knitting. But she has a name, and Sally's dad doesn't, as far as I can he's tell. He's just Sally's dad. Yeah, he's just – yeah, he's just, like, Dosan Nosari. Great. Uh, <laughs> but Kasan Nosari uh, has – a name in the manga it's Sima or Chima I don't know it's C-I-M-A okay so you know I feel like Italian Chima eh, no you need two C's for that whatever <laughs> anyway she's a lady she's beautiful one time an enchantress put her to sleep poison apples might have been involved I feel like we've heard the storyline before <laughs> but fortunately her dad gave her the Sally's dad found her in this deep sleep, kissed her. They got Aww. married. It all worked out. That's uh, sweet. But then this evil sorceress comes back and targets Sally because she's so beautiful. And uh, and like also Sumire because she's a freaking beautiful mm -hmm. big sister kind of lady. Um, even though I don't think she has any siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the way that Sally wins is not to, you know, blow the sorceress up or zap her with fireballs but she actually like eats one of the poison apples instead of abandoning the victim she's like well okay if they're all gonna do this then like i'm in it with them and the sorceress is like oh man what a selfless <gasps> good little girl oh. yep yep very sailor moon r fiore yeah. oh totally totally yeah yeah though she does struggle to like learn healing magic like there's a storyline where one of the annoying triplets comes down with a crazy disease that she has to find the cure for like they, again it even though it's mostly just kind of day-to-day -day antics mm -hmm. there there really is a, a lot sort of deeper storytelling in it which is I think part of why they actually did you know bring it back and and instead of just being like okay we're gonna reboot this and totally do it all over again they're like no we like what happened in the original series this is just a continuation yeah never mind the fact that it's like 25 years later it's, oh oh and also and also it's that classic like the first series was written in and takes place in the 60s and the new series the Sally Witch 2 is supposed to be a few years later but it very blatantly is the 80s <laughs> so yeah. comic book rules two years have passed for the characters 25 years have passed for the rest of the world sure. uh so yeah so again even though this show is super popular in japan it never, never made it to the here. u.s That's never so got a localization so weird yeah giant robo uh and Tetsujin did but not this hmm. it did not however it's real popular in other countries uh in italy it is known as Sally Lamaga. Okay. In Canada, only French-speaking Canada, uh, it is known as Mini Fe. Uh, in Poland, it's Sally Sarad 
Sarajewska. Yeah, I'm real good, obviously, at Polish. I can't. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was like based on um, the Italian version of Sally the Witch. So, so basically, Italy had Sally the Witch, and Poland was like, that looks cool. Not, and they based whatever they did on whatever was done in the Italian version. Right. Uh, and then in Mexico, uh, South America, specifically Bolivia, Chile, Paraguay, and Peru, uh, as uh, La Princesa Sally or huh? La Princesa. Chessa. Chessa? I don't know. Princessa. Uh, Princessa. I'm good at other languages, guys. Yeah. I'm really only good at Japanese. I sort see of. an alternate uh, Spanish <clears throat> title here, too, which is Sally la Brujita. Yeah, that was for Sally the Witch, too. Ah. So they. So, okay, here's the thing. So apparently some countries have a problem with witches. Okay. Uh, so in those countries, she's just... Uh, a princess. Sure. This would have been probably during the 70s that these localizations were happening. Mm-hmm. By the time Sally the Witch 2 came around, a lot of these countries were okay with witches all of a sudden. <laughs> and the thing is about them calling her a princess, they're not wrong. Right, she is technically she is a, princess. a princess. I mean, yeah. that, and again, this this was the first time we really had that idea of, oh, this girl is from some other realm planet where they have magical powers mm-hmm. and that's why she has magical Magic. powers is like technically on some level she's an alien right uh but yeah sally the witch 2 uh then got to be in french uh sally uh, la petite sorcière which is very literally sally the witch uh um and then in italy it was una regno magico per sally <laughs> uh polish uh again sally zaronica yeah so it to me i so i'm guessing that what that is is a more adult version of the word that they like a more mature version of the word that they used for the first translation yeah that's my favorite it's sally la brujita (laughs) yeah sally no sally she she ain't a princess no mo now she's a straight up bruho she's a tiny tiny witch (laughs) she's a yeah she's a she's a tiny Tiny bruja tiny bruja uh and then in russian it's written in russian so i can't read it but it, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I am not Sa- Sally Russia. the Witch too. They got it in Russia, but we didn't ever get it here, which is real weird. It's really strange. I know. Um, so here's another weird thing about the legacy of Sally the Witch. Uh, in December of 1994, police found a pamphlet at the headquarters of Alm Shinrikyo, uh, which included a song called Sadin the Magician, which was a parody of the theme song of Sally, Sally the, the Witch. Witch. Okay, do you know what Alm Shinrikyo is? No. It's a fucking doomsday cult. What? Yeah. In 1995, there was the, there were like these crazy attacks on the Japanese subway, which is what this cult is best known for. Oh. Yep. According to uh, Robert J. Lifton, who is a psychiatrist and an author who's mostly known for his studies of the psychological causes and effects of war and political violence, said that Sally was undoubtedly a prominent figure in the childhoods of leading Alm members. Because... In oh. Japan, this series was so popular, everybody knew what it was. Right. Everyone watched Sally the Witch. So do you think this was their, the cult's way of being like, you're normal? No, uh, you're part of society. I, no, I don't know. I feel like it was just one of those things where that was something that they all like connected over. <laughs> I want to know what the parody was. You know yeah, what like I mean? Yeah, like what it sounded like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The Sally the Witch theme song is catchy. Really? Oh, you found yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to play it for you. Uh, get ready and and. Be warned, this song um, startled one of my cats when I started it. So, like, be aware. The the voice, remember, it's the 60s. Right. It's the singing very... voice is very high and shrill. Right. Uh, get ready. Here we go. It's super catchy. I wish that Princess Knight had a cool theme song, but it didn't it yeah. didn't really yeah. it had an, an instrumental intro. Yeah. It's uh, it's a real fun time. Um, actually, there is a uh, J-pop idol girl group called uh, Anger Me uh, that did a cover of the theme song, uh, which I like to call uh, Mahari Kumaharita. 
because that's the little bit that they sing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all wear like cute witch costumes yeah, and I just sing a... like an upbeat dance version of it. It's real cute. I just found a picture of the it's group. It's super not their style. They're like a very rock and roll kind of edgy group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did this like real cutesy. I mean, it's like a, it's definitely like a club remix. Right. It's pretty cool. But yeah. And they use the exact same theme song in the 80s. Uh, Sally the Witch too, oh. but they toned down the voice. Great. It's like several octaves lower. <laughs> it's like a more modern sensibility. Gotcha. But yeah, Sally the Witch. That's it. Wow. Yeah. I feel I'm... like, again, probably very, very direct influence on Toei wanting to license oh, and animate I'm Sailor Moon. I agree with that theory. Well, because you have to think of it this way. Sailor Moon got released in March of 92. This ended March of 91. So they'd already been animating mm-hmm. it by the time no, this, this was over. This ended, I thought, September. Oh, so I'm sorry, September of '91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only six months before right. Sailor Moon started airing. Yeah, that's just too close for hey, it. Doesn't to be. it? I know. Yeah, it feels like a real, real coincidence. Mm-hmm. So it's probably true. I think it's true. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's true. But yeah, that's again it. And but it it is really interesting that you know it's called Sally the Witch. And it is about a witch, but ultimately the most enduring legacy is the fact that this was our first sort of uh, magical alien princess yep. comes to live on our... another world. Yeah. Yeah. It yep. all comes full circle, it kids. It does. It does. Even if sometimes those magical alien princesses don't know that that's what they are. True. But then a cat shows up and awakens them yes. to their cosmic destiny. Gives them all the answers yes. to life, apparently. Man, I wish my cats would give me all the answers to I life. I mean, I <laughs> ask L every time I'm there and he won't come downstairs to talk I know, to me. I know. He's he knows something. a little jerk. He's <laughs> he hiding does. something. He's hiding something. That's why he won't come downstairs. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If any of my cats has answers to life, it's definitely L. Yeah. And he's Not keeping life. them to himself. Mm-hmm. He really is. He really is. Unless you're an attractive boy. Yeah, apparently he likes uh, he likes Cat Pal's boyfriend, and that's it. If yep. you're Tyler, yep. <laughs> if you're Tyler Knoll from the Bay, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, he and my brother had like a, a a moment of understanding when Colin and Brittany were last visiting, but nice. it didn't last very long. No, yeah, Colin's no Tyler. No. Something something magical about he Tyler. was like I smell maybe, the Bay on no, you. No, maybe Tyler is actually has a cosmic destiny that my cat needs to tell him he needs to fulfill. So Ty- so Cat Pal's boyfriend is, is the Sailor next Man. magical girl. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, got it. Perfect. Fantastic. That's what I'm going with. We should uh, tell her. We will tell her that. <laughs> and I'm sure Tyler will be delighted. We'll be thrilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's our very first Magical Girl History Yay. Lesson. I hope Yay. you all feel educated. I know. I feel educated. I definitely do. I feel like I really learned something today, and I cannot <laughs> wait to unleash more of this knowledge upon the world in person yeah. at Anime Los Angeles Woo. at the end of this month, January 25th through 28th at yeah. the Ontario Convention Center. If you go to uh, AnimeLosAngeles.org, just Google Anime Los Angeles. It's It'll come up, way. and you can... Uh, Get tickets and come see us. We would love that. And also Lola. She'll be there too. Yes. Um, and we'll be just talking about magical girl things and reading erotic fan fiction definitely if you're over 18. Erotic fan fiction will be right if you're over 18. They so. check IDs at the door. They really do. They do. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Y'all. Uh Kelby, where can people find you? Oh man. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Real Feminity. You can find me on Tumblr and Instagram, Femininity One Word. I'm mostly spending all of my Tumblr time uh, reblogging Raylo trash because mm. that's who I am right now. I wrote a fan fiction called The Funeral. It's Raylo fan fiction. It's not smutty. Sorry to disappoint, but oh, it is very man. it's very angsty though. I was okay. very proud of it. There's my... a lot of sexual tension in it. Yes. There's a lot of like will they won't they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite type cool, of cool. tension. Cool. Um, I like it. Yeah, I, you could also follow my stupid porg antics. Ah, uh, yes. I got a porg stuffed animal for Christmas, and uh, he has his own Instagram I account. I have two porg stuffed animals, and yours is bigger than both of mine combined. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's it's so squishy and lovely, and yeah, I love him. He is really cute. And so you can follow his account at Porg Julius. Though like, his name is Pork Julio. Yeah, but Pork Julius, because it sounds like Orange Julius, I know, I and like that makes that. me laugh. It makes me laugh, too. <laughs> uh, I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet wherever Emma Fife's are sold at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. Uh, somebody pointed out to me that they found, uh, they took a picture of 
uh, some bananas. So Fife is the biggest distributor oh, of yeah, like tropical Fife fruit mm-hmm, uh, within the UK. And uh, and yeah, so somebody took a picture of it and they were like, oh, the best kind of bananas. And I was like, oh, the biggest distributors of tropical fruit in the UK. And then someone was like, wherever Emma Fife's are sold, because I use that a lot yeah. as a sign off. And I mean, you can't buy Emma Fife's really, but you can buy Fife, Fife bananas. bananas. Uh, yeah. And then be sure to follow this podcast at LNJ Pod on Twitter. Love and Justice, a serious Sailor Moon podcast on Facebook, LNJPod.com. And you can email us at loveandjusticepod at gmail.com if you want to talk to us there. Yeah. We should probably answer some of those emails. It's been I know. A while. Yeah, we've been neglecting we went that on a email ha- account. A long hiatus. We did, man. It was it was a it was a whole time, but I I feel revitalized by yeah. this magical girl history yeah. and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing this. So yep. you know there's there, a lot of magical there's stuff. There's a lot of there. magical girl stuff and we're gonna we're gonna like really, really dive in. We're not gonna skip over stuff. So there'll yep. probably be some Himitsu no Akachan next week yep, and some who knows what else. Angels, yeah. Some cutie honey. Get freaking ready Get to ready. just talk about all the fucking weird different magical girls of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> weird in a good way. Is there any other way? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys, and we will talk at you again very, very soon. Until then, stay magical. magical. Lola's not here to ruin it. No. So weird. I'm, I have to run. I have to <laughs>